welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm delighted that you're with us today. You know, I've spent 50 years trying to understand nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent evidence about death and the afterlife, and this has been such a thrilling journey. I've been a skeptic by nature, and I think anyone who really wants to get at the truth about anything has got to be a skeptic, or otherwise the parts of the truth you've already discovered soon are going to be mucked up with nonsense that you accepted without really being sure about it. And you're never going to find the real truth. So I've been careful about this. And and after my two experiences of light in childhood, still as real as they were when, when they the morning after they happened, after that I knew there was something behind the curtain. And the basic evidence of what is going on that I was discovering as I did this research presented a really amazingly consistent picture. Everything I knew based upon real evidence showed us showed me eventually that the christian dogmas that i had believed i was the most devout christian you've ever known all of them were wrong but what jesus had told us in the gospels was right as you can imagine i went through a genuine crisis of faith and the upshot over two years of struggle was that i left the religion i'd always loved in order to follow jesus Everything I always had believed was wrong, all those dogmas. But what Jesus had told us in the Gospels was right. And as you can imagine, this was tough for me to, to, to get around, to get my mind around. But two years later, I finally realized that the dead were telling us exactly the same stuff that Jesus had told us 2,000 years ago. That's when I left the religion I had always loved in order to follow Jesus. I could do one or the other. I really couldn't do both. Those that we used to think were dead know the truth, and they told us what is real. I've never, ever, since I made that discovery, ever doubted that our lives are eternal, nor have I ever doubted that the purpose of human life is life is just what Jesus told us it is, to grow spiritually and thereby to attain the very highest afterlife levels. Eventually, at last... I realized that what Jesus had told us was true. He told us that once enough of us attain a high enough level of spiritual development, we will be able to bring the kingdom of God to all the earth. So we're here to grow spiritually insofar as we're able to determine that's the reason why the universe exists at all. And it turns out that the easiest and most rapid way for us to grow spiritually is to follow those gospel instructions that Jesus gave us 2,000 years ago. I talk with you a lot about spiritual growth now um, on my blog and when we get together here to talk about seek with our seek reality guests who help us better understand it all. Spiritual growth is the most important topic there is. Of course, the Eastern traditions have been talking about what amounts to personal spiritual development for ages. And in response, many Westerners have espoused, you know, meditation, yoga, chanting, even Eastern religious traditions like Buddhism. And for many in the West, though, all of that is just too foreign. My husband meditates. I've never been able to learn to do it. But anyway, it's I think many Christians are actually, even though they may feel they've got to leave Christianity in order to grow spiritually, which is, in fact, what happens. You do have to make that change. But it feels too sacrilegious so, to, to do something that, that Buddhists do. So we stick with trying to live the teachings of Jesus ever more efficiently. And it turns out that works extremely well. Like B, our guest today was for most of her life an earnest and lettered Christian, very devout. But then, like me, she was called out of Christianity to begin a closer work walk with the Lord. Joyce Stewart is a licensed clinical social worker and a holistic healer. And that's an area that really is coming into its own. We, we've talked with her about that before. Her journey into a deep, deeper understanding is set forth in her wonderful book, which is called God is Love, A Spiritual Journey from Fear to Love. And as someone who counsels individuals in depth, she has specialized 
and learning a great deal more about spiritual growth. This is what I try to do to you. I'm a generalist, so I try to bring to you people who know these things and, and, and really have gone into them much more deeply. Joyce is one of those people. She's become a wonderful resource for us here as we develop, delve ever ever deeper into her area of expertise. So today is her seventh Seek Reality visit. Joyce, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here again. Let's begin by just sharing how it was you left Christianity and began this voyage of discovery and growth. You were very devout, right? Yes. Like you said, I was raised in a Christian family. I went to church pretty much every Sunday my entire life. I was very committed um, to the Christian faith, the Christian religion. That's what I based everything I believed on and the way that I chose to live my life. Um, However, a number of years ago when I got into counseling and seeking out what actually heals people, I started um, studying how Jesus healed people with the laying on of hands, and I realized he was transferring energy, and there's something more happening to what I've been taught in the church. So I started really researching that, which took me into all the alternative healing and spirituality and all these things that have been forbidden topics when I was within the church. But the more I studied them and learned about them, the more they really aligned with what Jesus was teaching and how he lived his life and how he actually healed people. And so I began to gravitate a little bit more out of Christianity. And then I also went through a time when God basically asked me to give up everything I believed about Christianity because it was all ba- a lot of it was based in fear. And God being a God of love, he would not have us do anything based in fear, and so it wasn't from him. And so that was a couple-year journey. It took me on where I experienced a whole lot of spiritual growth and just releasing and letting go of a lot of things that I'd hung on to and replacing them with, with uh, truths that were actually based in, in love and were based on what Jesus actually taught. Well, how, how did you hear God telling you that? Because I had the same experience. I, I felt that I was being called out of Christianity because it was fear-based. And um, I developed an, literal, literally an aversion to being in a church. I couldn't be in a church. How was it that you felt God's call? You know, it was no audible voice, nothing like that. I tend yeah. to be one of those people. I just, my sensory input is more just this knowing, this sense that I get, yeah. this feeling, this knowing in me. I just... Well, this voice within me telling me to do this or to do that or go here or that to guide me through life. And I just was feeling a very, very strong sense that I was supposed to release it all. And one of the things that really helped me understand what God was speaking to me was he brought that song we all sing, I Surrender All to Jesus. Yes. And I thought about, wait a minute, he said, the one thing Christians never surrender is their belief system. Thought, wait a minute, you're absolutely right. I've been told oh, to surrender everything yes. to Jesus, but I've never told to surrender my belief system. And yet that is foundation of who I am and what I believe. Yes. And so when he started speaking about that, I thought, okay, okay, I do need to release all this and let it go. Um, because that's what's really holding me back from having that deeper relationship and understanding I want to have with God and with myself and the universe and everything spiritual. Yeah, no, it's, it is. I, I, that's the kind of thing that happened to me, too. Um, I, I didn't. I resisted it. I resisted it for years. Um, I developed an aversion to being in church. I didn't want to be there. I still would go with my husband, who is still a devout Catholic. But uh, but eventually, you do get to a point where you just can't do it anymore. And you feel excitement, don't you think, about where you're going? Because Jesus, Jesus is enough. Jesus is more than enough to take you. Don't you? Didn't you have that sense as you went more deeply into the teachings? Yes, because part of what I found was I'd been in the church for so long, Christian for so long, but there was part of me that just was bored with it. It was like I was hearing the same stories, the same messages over and over. But inside, I knew there was more. I knew there had to be more. I knew that, you know, Jesus talked about growth and expansion and ascension and all these things, and I just didn't feel like I was experiencing that. I feel like he was kind of going through the same Christian routine week after week after week. And so I knew there was more, and I needed to seek it out and find out what it was because I I wasn't going to be satisfied until I did. No, it's it's actually exciting. Um, it it felt yes. like an adventure to suddenly be saying, "Okay, Jesus, speak to me directly," and 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 He will. Um, I think that's something that we want to make sure everyone understands. Jesus is quite enough, and there's no fear in what Jesus actually said. There are some things in the Gospels that are fear-based, but if you go into them more deeply, you realize that they're they're full of anachronisms. They were added later by the councils, primarily the Council of Nicaea in 325. What Jesus actually said was love, forgiveness, and we're here for, to grow spiritually, and if we grow spiritually well enough, even 
ten few, as few as 10% of us, we can bring the kingdom of God on earth. And that's pretty exciting. The kingdom of God is the highest level of the afterlife below the source. So if we can make all of the people on earth get to that level of spiritual development, uh, this will be a garden, literally a garden of love and peace worldwide. So that's the goal. But to get yeah. there is a little bit of effort. So one of the things that that um, I, I I really enjoy reading your your blog posts that you send out frequently. And one of the things you were, you did recently was your spiritual development series, where you talked about how we develop spiritually. And that's something I had not seen before. But I it it really um, I thought it was really something that resonated. And I th- I'd love to have you share it with the listeners. Okay, well, what I'm going to go through is I'm going to go through the different stages um, just briefly, and then we'll go into more depth on each one after I kind of go through the whole list. So there are so many different people that talk about spiritual growth and the cycles of spiritual growth and ascension. There's all these terminologies that different people use, different teachers. And so I've kind of studied and learned all of them, but then I've also kind of looked at my own spiritual growth and how I take my clients through spiritual growth, and I kind of came down up with my own system. So that's kind of what I'm going to be sharing um, today, but they're, you know, they're all basically talking about the same thing, just using different terminology and how we phrase things. But the first stage is what I call the sleeping. So this is basically where you have no awareness of your spiritual being. You go through life, I'm just this physical being living on the physical earth, and when I die, I die, it's over, there's nothing on the other side. So it's yes. what I call your spiritually asleep. Yes. And then the next stage is awareness, where you begin to have this awareness, you know what, maybe there is something more to this physical life. Maybe there is some place that people go when they cross over, when they die. So you begin to just become aware that there may be something more, and you start to ask some questions. And as you begin to ask questions, you move into what I call the seeking stage. And through the seeking stage, you realize that, you know what, I really am a spiritual being living within this physical body so I can have a physical life experience down here. And so you begin to look after truth. What is truth? What does all this stuff really mean? And you start looking into different religions and different spiritual traditions, kind of studying them, comparing them, reading about them, which leads you into the next one, which is learning. Learning What level is this? Because there there are seven, right? So which which level is learning? Oh, I don't know how many I've got. I think there's eight or nine. So sleeping is first, awareness (laughs) is second, seeking is third. So seeking is the third one. Okay. And the fourth one you kind of gravitate toward one particular religion or denomination that you really feel drawn to when you're doing your seeking. And this, you really kind of like park yourself there. So most people will find a religion, a church, and they'll stay there for many times their entire life or sometimes for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They get very entrenched in this. It becomes their way of life and their belief system. And then everything about them revolves around this religion that has become their own. But then there are a certain percentage of us who move after a while have this sense of yearning. We're kind of tired of a religion. We're tired of the rules, the regulations, yes. we kind of feel boxed in. We just got the sense that there's something more there. So we're going to yearn for something more. And then through that yearning, we develop spirituality. And spirituality takes us into the next step, which is personalizing, where we actually personalize our own relationship with God as opposed to having it dictated by what a religion is telling yes. us we're supposed to think and believe as a spiritual being. And then the next step is where we call embodying, where we actually, we're not just learning about these things, but living them out, but we are becoming them. I'm not just talking about love. How can I be more loving? I have become love. People see me as being a loving person or a generous person or being a kind person. We become this oneness integration between our physical and our spiritual selves. And so this whole embodying type of thing of what we believe. And then the last one, is Christ consciousness. So this is the highest level of spiritual mastery you can get to, which is the level that Christ and Buddha and other spiritual leaders um, achieved. And this is where you just have this complete oneness between you and everybody around you. There's no separation. Your physical, spiritual, all one. Um, everything is, is united in one. You're in this place of bliss and love and just this wonderful, uh, continuous um, state of being. So now that's this very is- quickly the different stages that I have to take people through. And and so, th- but this, there, it's like a rainbow, right? It isn't, a, isn't steps. It's more like gradually we go from one to the next to the next if we are growing yes. spiritually. Yes. Yeah, I don't and, like using the word steps because, like you said, I almost, it's like this, I call it a spiral of spiritual growth. So we all move at our own pace. 
some people may only get through one or two stages in one lifetime. Some people may get through quite a few to like one lifetime. Some people may get to a certain stage and then revert back to another stage for a, back, a while and kind of go back and forth between different stages. There is no right or wrong way to do it. The only thing you want to be sure is that you have making the choice to begin your spiritual journey and you begin right where you happen to be at that moment in time when you make that decision. Right. And what, what, what resonated for me about this is that I can actually mark the places in my life where I made these transitions. For most of my life, I was at your, you know, the, your, what we call four, what you called four. I was, ve- I was very, and you were too. We were very devoutly yeah. religious. This was, this is That's it. Right. This is where we are. And then breaking out of that was hard. But once I had decided that I, I was going to do what I felt called to do, it became so much more, so much freer, so much easier to begin to grow from there. So um, I don't know that I can characterize where I am right now, but I'm certainly far above where I was when I when I left Christianity, and I can feel that it's still happening. I'm still becoming more and more loved. Don't you feel that way too? It's oh, absolutely. Really, that's the beautiful thing about the spiritual growth process. If you think about it, we are eternal spiritual beings. We never stop growing. We continually grow, whether we're on this planet Earth or somewhere on the other side. The spiritual growth is just a continual part of who we are because we are eternal spiritual beings. We will never get to the end. You open up one door and it opens up a whole other room of things to learn and experience. And then you walk through another door and you've got a whole other room of things to experience and enjoy and learn about yourself. And it's just this wonderful continual journey uh, of life. But but it's it's really a happy once you get out of Christianity and you get free of the fear, once you trust Jesus enough to step through that door and 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 he, he says you have nothing to fear, we have nothing to fear, therefore you stop being afraid. It helps a lot Correct. if you if you understand that life is eternal. I, I think the, the the worst fear, the core base fear is the fear of death. So it helps a lot if you understand that there is no such thing as death. So that's what I strongly right. recommend to everybody listening. If you want to grow spiritually, convince yourself that there is no death. If you're having trouble with that, then just send me an email through robertagrimes.com and I'll help you. But once you get it, then you're not afraid of anything ever again. It's a glorious feeling. And then when you trust Jesus, or if you, there are many paths, and Jesus said this yes. too, in the same direction. So once you're out of any religion and you are free, it's just you and God and, and whatever methods are before you that to, to get closer to God, it's, it's such a joyous process. It's, it's never an unhappy moment. It's, don't you think it's a wonderful feeling to be growing that way it is in it because once you release ego once you relax you said ego and fear are the two biggest things that hold people back and hold people in bondage um, and once you're able to release those yes you have this whole nother level of freedom and awareness that you you've never had before but when you look at this another way of looking to the spiritual thing is looking at our energetic vibrational frequencies and so when you look at this at the very beginning that spiritually sleeping stage is what we call 200 and below and Christ consciousness is vibrating at a thousand. And so the majority of people on the planet are stuck at that 200 or below vibrational frequency. Yeah, um, wow. Once you get to the spirituality, then you have gone beyond the 500 mark. The 500 mark is where you begin to live more from love than living by fear. Oh, yes. And so that's when things really get to turn around and you begin to really enjoy your life. Now, let's talk a little bit about that vibration. Um, in fact, there is nothing solid, and the only thing that exists no. is, what, is what we experience as consciousness. So, and right. it, it vibrates, vibrates at the very low end. At, it's just fear, and, and then it, at the, high, the higher it vibrates, the closer it gets toward perfect, perfect love. And Correct. So t- talk about that a little more, because people find, I think the people find that foreign, um, how, the, how the vibratory rate of our minds basically will change. Well, it changes because this is kind of the way God designed the whole system. If you look even going looking at science and quantum physics at the level of the atoms and molecules, I mean, everything is vibrational frequencies. Yeah. Um, and vibrational frequencies, like you said, they can spin at a very low, heavy, dense level, which is the fear, the anger, the depression, the frustration, 
the feeling isolated from everybody, everybody's against me type of thing, yes, the victim yes. role, all of that is that low vibrational frequency. And then it can move all the way up to the very end where Jesus was, which is all the love, the joy, the bliss, the happiness, um, all of those wonderful things. Um, and so as we go through life, it's like the more fear you release, the more room you bring for your vibrational frequencies to rise up to a higher level. So every time you release a fear of something, love comes in to replace that fear. Yes. And your vibrational frequencies go up a little bit higher. Release another fear-based thing, and boom, more love comes in, and you rise to a little bit higher vibrational frequency. Um, so it's not anything that we consciously do, but it's something that just naturally happens because it's the way God created us. So essentially, this is something which, um, and as A Course in Miracles says, this is a required course. Each Correct. of us is going to have to get to the point where we no longer have to incarnate. We're going to have to learn perfect love, perfect forgiveness is necessary, of course, for perfect love. We have to learn it. But the time yeah. we take is up to us. I mean, if you want to keep coming back to try again and try again, um, you can do that. No one is going to – it's required, but – when, you, when you're going to end it is really entirely up to you. Most people, don't you find, though, are saying, hey, if I can avoid coming back here and I can live basically in eternal bliss, I'd much like, I'd prefer that. I'd just as soon not come back. Isn't that what most people say to you? Well, yeah, we would all prefer that. However, we don't <laughs> want to do the work it takes to get to that stage. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's, that's true. Where, yeah. Because if, if when you, you think about it, at least I know for myself, I'm sure for you, especially when you're in that area of religion, you know, when you have to release all these things that you've been taught as truth and all these things you believe, yes. and you have to release all the things that the society and everybody around you is telling you is truth, and they're all living this way, and all of a sudden you're going to be the odd one who chooses to live a different way and make different choices. Um, you know, people either don't like you, they want to pull you back down to where they are, they try and talk you out of it, they tell you crazy, they tell you you're going to go to hell if you no longer believe these certain things. That's There's right. An incredible amount of pressure to pull people back down to these lower levels when they're trying to ascend to the higher levels. And many of us, you know, were raised on people pleasing, which is all about if I please people and do what they want to do, maybe they'll like me, maybe they'll love me. And it's really difficult to give up that people pleasing mindset, but you have to in order to move up to the higher levels. Yeah. I, I think if I were to describe what I do, <laughs> it is, to help people who are just living their lives to be able to use the life they're living to grow spiritually enough to make this your last lifetime. Anybody can yeah. do it. Even if you're older, you can do it. Yeah. You just have to decide you're going to do it. All the difficulties that happen, the reason why bad things happen to good people, it's just as if you're in a spiritual gym. Those are just the machines you get on in order to grow your spiritual muscles. That's how it is. Some people call it earth school. Some people call it a gym. I call it a gym because it's not easy to be here. It's rough. But it's worth it because once you attain these le – I've actually read – I don't know if this, is, if this is something you would say. Some people have said that once you get to a certain level, you won't fall back. I don't think that's true because Jesus himself said that if you don't continue to advance, you'll fall back. But there are people who say that – you know, we will basically, it's like ratcheting upward. We will continue to grow. What do you say about that? Well, it really, you're getting, we are all given free will. So as we yes. continue to advance in our frequencies, in other words, if I'm vibrating at a 200, I'm going to attract everything else vibrating at 200. If yes. I get to the point where I'm vibrating at 500, now I'm going to start vibrating everything around me that vibrates at a 500 and so on at the ladder. So the further you go up, the less the less pain, the less suffering, all that you're going to experience because you're at a level where you no longer track that into your life. However, if you choose to associate with people that are still living at these lower levels, then they, you know, then their energy can interfere with your energy, so to speak. Yes. And they can begin to, some of what they're into can begin to affect you because you're spending a lot of time around those energies. I think that this that is, especially as you point out, a problem if you are basically not trying to become more spiritually developed because um, the people, all the people around you are in the same position. And then you say, you know what, I've decided I'm going to try to make this my last lifetime and I can do it. And you start to grow. You become different. And they sense that you're different from all the people That's you've right. got around you. 
And that, you're right, it could be very stressful, but that also passes because you'll begin to attract yes. you people who also are growing spiritually and That's they will right. reinforce what you're doing and it becomes a very powerful motivator to continue to grow. It's just hard to get off that first rung. It is. Well, that first rung, you know, to break through that 200 barrier is very, very difficult, which is why so many people are there, because in order to break through that 200 level, you have to admit that you need help. And the 200 level is all about individualism. I don't need you. I can do it on my own. I don't know God. I'm separate from everybody. I can't trust anybody. People are the enemy, people, all that kind of thinking. And so it's very, very difficult. But that's where the 12-step programs have been very, very effective because they get people to a point where they have to say, okay, I really cannot do anything on my own. I do need to reach out. I need to get some help and some assistance in some way from somebody, whether it's from God or whether it's from other people or family members or friends. And then once you ask for help and you're willing to receive help, that's where you start to climb out and you start to move forward in your life. I, I think it's also important not to be afraid of the – of the troubles that come along. We all try to avoid the troubles. Um, I, I, what, is, what are his initials? Um, but it, it, Mr. Woodward wrote a wonderful book. I wish I could remember his first initials. He, he um, every day sends around a quote, and the one that he sent around yesterday or today was something about don't be afraid to have your heart get broken because then, stay, then you could go and stand in the light which comes through the gap. And I thought, oh, wow, that's really true. Beautiful. Well, yeah. we're taught to fear and avoid anything that doesn't feel good. Right, and, right. And rather than saying, okay, everything that comes my way, I have a choice. I can see it as a challenge and something that's going to push me forward and propel me toward growth and to make me a better person. Or I can see it as something that's going to overwhelm me and knock me down and keep me, you know, keep me from moving forward. It's our free will, how we choose to react and respond. So we can't stop all the bad things from happening, but we can choose how am I going to respond to this? How am I yeah. going to view it and understand it? Am I going to use it to make myself a better person or am I going to use it to um, make my life worse? This is why I think it's so important for you to learn as much as you can about what really is going on, how reality actually is constructed, what consciousness really is and how it works, how Jesus actually is able to teach us what God is, how it all works. And that's what I'm trying to teach. That's basically I'm, I'm the kindergarten teacher and Joyce and so many others are teaching the higher grades. But once you get what's going on, what's really going on, then you are much more able to trust the process to say, okay, I realize I am in a situation where I can grow and I can trust that as I grow, things are going to get better and better, and they will. You will get to the point, if you do this right, where even if a horrible things ha thing happens, you will, your first thought will be, that was meant for my good. You know, yes, and the other thing that trips people up is, you know, so many of people have this fear of change. Yes, that's and true. And once you begin to trust God, trust Jesus, trust your spiritual guides, angels, whatever you want to refer to them, once you realize how much they love you and how involved they are in your everyday life and how they're there to serve you and help you, then it's much more easier to allow yourself to go through the change process because you can trust wherever they're taking you is going to be better than where you were, even though where you thought you were was pretty good. Right. It, it wasn't. <laughs> the, the, higher, the higher you go in terms of your own spiritual vibration, the happier by far you're going to be. Yes. Joyce, how do you help people who really want to, to go undertake this process? What is it that you do? Because I know you counsel people. Yes. Yeah, so many times what happens with my clients, a pattern that I see is they come in, they've got some issue or problem, something in their life that they've come in for help. And so we will begin to work through that issue. And as we begin to work through it, they begin to get better. Then they begin to really begin to open up to more what I would call the spiritual side of life. Um, because now they're realizing, oh, okay, now I know what it feels like to live with less fear. Now I know what it feels like to live with less anxiety. Now I know what it feels like to live with less anger, depression, whatever. You know what it feels yes. pretty good. Okay, I want to keep going on this journey. And, and so then they can really begin to open up to more of the spiritual truths, the spiritual understandings, the spiritual beings that are there to help them. But when you're stuck in those low vibrational frequencies, it's very difficult 
to connect with the spiritual realm or to believe that they're even there, they even exist, they even love you or care about you because you're so focused on yourself, your own pain, everything that you're tied into. So generally, I put the spiritual stuff off to the side and we get through all this physical stuff, get them up above 200. And then I can begin little by little to incorporate more of the spiritual teachings and truths and understanding into their lives. And once they grab on the bath and boom, they take off. So, so, so they, they discover this works and then they start doing more on their own or are you helping them also to do all of that? Do you well, give them things to read? What do you do? I do a variety of things. One, I give them things to read. We have many different conversations and different topics, um, you know, of interest to them, wherever they're going through. You know, everybody's different. Everybody's on their own life journey. I don't have a cookie-cutter approach to take for everybody. Um, but the idea is just to be there, to encourage them to ask questions. I encourage them to ask a lot of questions. To ask why. Why do I believe what I've believed all my life? Why am I going to this church? Why am I in this relationship? Why am I in this job? What is my purpose for being here on the planet? What am I supposed to be accomplishing? So I try to encourage them to do a lot of self-evaluation, ask a lot of questions. Because yeah, most that, people are afraid to ask those questions. Many people are afraid, in fact, to ask key questions about their lives because they're afraid to destabilize and be in a position yes. that's even worse than they're in now. But in general, if you if you if you question a relationship, you question a job, you question your life choices, and it's something really doesn't make sense. That's probably your call to to make some different choices, don't you think? I mean, it takes a little uh, courage. Yes. yes, it does take a lot of courage to begin. And that's why, you know, the counseling process is so effective because you've got someone who's helping you through this process, helping you find the answers to these questions, helping to figure out where you really want to be with your life and why you're really here. Um, you know, we all have these questions about life. But many times we're afraid to answer them or we seek for answers like within the church and you're given these pat answers and just to take everything by faith. And that really doesn't answer the deep longing of our heart on these questions I think, that we have. I think what you just said is very important. In fact, religions are fear-based. Religions yes, are, are. Human, are human-made, every one of them. So there is no religion that is going to help you grow spiritually. Now, there are religious teachings from the from what were the founders or the or the first um, um, inspirations for the religion, but what happens is someone comes to teach us, probably from the Jesus. They say came from the highest level of the Godhead to teach us, but yeah. what he said is not being followed even remotely by modern Christianity. He is, he's a figurehead now for a religion that has nothing to do with what he said. And I, I, it, it breaks my heart to have to say that, but that's the truth. And all religions are that way. They're like a fly in amber. They're, it once was alive. It was alive with the teachings of a great teacher. But in point of fact, everyone built dogmas around it, fear-based dogmas. And um, now it's, it's dead. There, there, there's no growth. God cannot reach you through the amber that, that that fly is wrapped in. And therefore, it is impossible, impossible to grow very much spiritually if you are seriously practicing religion. That's why we had to make a choice, both Joyce and I, between Christianity and Jesus. Um, I chose Jesus. I urge everybody to choose Jesus because he's much more than enough. Yeah, and what we see in religion is you take these spiritual truths, which the spiritual masters taught us, but then they package them and act like, okay, we've now got it all figured out for you, so you don't have to think for yourself. We've figured it all out. Here it is. Just believe X, Y, and Z here, and everything's going to work out wonderful for you. Because if they do this, they can control you. Yes. Uh, But if they say, you know what, keep questioning, keep asking things, keep seeking. Oh, you know what we believed a while back? How? We realized that's no longer true okay let's shift and change that belief religions have a very difficult time doing that because they have this strong hierarchical structure they're like a business organization type they are exactly change change is very very difficult to happen in religion because of that and so they have to keep everything pretty much the same year after year hundreds and thousands of years later within the religion but spirituality is all about questioning and seeking and growing and expanding and not putting god in a box because, you know, why I looked at it one God day, I realized, in a box. Yes. How can you, if you can put God in a box, your God is way too small. 
That's right. In fact, that's something to be and, said about all religions. Your God is way too yeah. small. But in yeah. point of fact, it's even worse than they're packaging the teachings for you because usually the teachings are inside that amber. I mean, when, when, when you really understand what Jesus said, the words that are tra- were translated twice and are in your modern Gospels, you realize you've never heard them in church. I was shocked when I realized that, that uh, no matter how I, – I used to be a lector in the Catholic Church, and I never got what was in the, the Gospels until I, I left the church. Um, that the They don't even teach what the original teacher taught. Instead, they teach dogmas that other people have come up with as their own explanations for whatever was going on at the time. And then that's what people believe much later. Uh, The notion that Jesus died for our sins is a great one of those because, in fact, the dead tell us that the death of Jesus on the cross has never made a difference for a single person. And there is no religion in the afterlife. Everybody goes there. It doesn't matter what your religion was or if you had no religion on earth. When you understand that, you realize you've got to rethink it pretty much entirely. Yes, and as we get more and more knowledge from the other side and people having these experiences of going to the other side and coming back and sharing the truth and what they're learning, and you compare that with what we're taught in religion, realize, okay, there's a disconnect here. And I'd rather believe somebody who's been on the other side and had the experience than somebody who's just writing things down in a book of what they think it may be like. Right, exactly right. The the problem we have, dear friends, is that Christianity and actually all the other religions that are dominant, and most people still believe even if they don't go to the religious uh, uh, services on Sundays or Saturdays, all of them are rooted in fear, and they're not rooted in eternal truth. They're not rooted in the living God. That's a problem that we're going to have to tackle head on if we're ever to raise this planet's consciousness vibration. And we have to do that now because if we don't, within a very short period of time, there is so much negativity now on Earth that within a very short period – I'm told it's 200 years. That's what my guy tells me. We've got, we've got a couple hundred years left to save the planet. Uh, not from global warming or cooling. That's small stuff. From the destruction right. that is going to come if we allow – negativity to take over humankind that's the battle we're facing now so that's why what you're doing is so important joyce because the more we can simplify and help people go through the process of getting out of that lowest vibration level and even then getting out of the the religion aspects and into the free light which is above it because God is infinite. God is much, much bigger and more important and more loving and more joyous than we ever were told in any Sunday school or in any church. And But we have to get there to be able to see that. God is calling to us, and uh, we just have to really listen. Yes, and it, you know, it's, it's this ascension, this whatever you want to call this whole process, transforming planet Earth is all about, it's done one individual at a time. Yes. You know, as one person grows and rises in their vibrational frequencies and their understanding of love and their embodiment of love, that spreads, that energy spreads out in the atmosphere around them and other people get in touch with it. And then they begin to change and transform. And so this is why it's so important that each one of us as our own really go on the spiritual journey toward love and toward oneness and toward understanding what life really is about from the spiritual perspective of the other side. And every time another person starts heading that direction, the light gets illuminated greater on planet Earth. Love becomes stronger on planet Earth, and that negativity gets diminished because light and love will always overpower negativity and darkness. One of the things but Jesus told us, time, letting their light shine. One of the things Jesus told us is that each of us is being called to be what he called the leaven in the loaf, a little yeah. bit of yeast, and it leavens the whole loaf and that's true about each person who develops spiritually those around you will be affected by it too and then those around them it is impossible for everybody else to stay the same if you are growing spiritually and in point of fact we're told that if as few as 10 percent of the people on this planet will substantially raise their spiritual vibrations in the way that we're talking about today, in the way you and I talk about many, many uh, during many Seek Reality uh, podcasts. If we if we can just get to that point, 
all the rest of the people, uh, because we are one mind, there's only one mind, and That's each right. of us is accessing right. it, we will be changing the one human mind in powerful, positive ways. So it's worth it for yourself. Well, that- make, you know, make, make this your last lifetime, but it's also worth it, worth it for the world. And that's where when you get to this higher spiritual truth, you understand, like I said, we are all one. We are all connected. What affects me is going to affect everybody else. When I'm feeling more loving, the world becomes more loving. When I'm feeling angry, the world becomes an angrier place. Everything we think, feel, and do affects everything around us because everything is connected vibrationally. And we are, like you said, we are the mind of God. We are consciousness. Um, Nothing is separate from anything else, even though we are initially taught that at times. That's not truth. There is no, there's no separation at all, there's except no separation but at we all. imagine, yes. we make those separations. We imagine it. Yep. Yes. Yeah, we are all one mind. No, this is very exciting. And, and you, you do help people who want guidance in, in getting, making these, this progress, right? Oh, I mean, yes. What, this is one of the things I love to do is, is spiritual mentoring, helping people where they come in, okay, this is where I am. This is where I want to get to. How do I, how do, I do it? And then I help them through the steps to get from here to there so they can continue to grow spiritually and and become everything that God created them to be. Do you find that it's different for each person or are there a lot of similarities? I think it's different for every single person. I think, you know, we have these generalized what you call spiritual truths that apply to everybody. But everybody's journey is very uniquely their own because God created each one of us as an individual, individual side of who God is, so to speak. Um, no, but no two people are the same. We are all distinct and different, and yet we are all connected to each other. So everybody's journey is going to be a little bit different from everybody else's. But the higher spiritual truths apply to all. You just have to learn how to apply it to your particular journey and where you're at. I just thought of a wonderful simile. It's, it's like a diamond. If you think of God as a diamond, each yep. human being is, is a different facet of that diamond. Right. And together we shine. Right. Oh, I love that. I don't know where that came from, but that's great. (laughs) Yeah, it's a beautiful way of looking at it. Yeah. And and this is true. This is this is not a pipe dream, everyone. I have spent fifty years figuring this out. And I accepted nothing at face value. As I said in the beginning, when we first started talking today, um, it takes Mm -hmm. a long time to figure it out because you can't accept anything at face value. You have got to figure out how it, what it is and how it fits and see the evidence. And I've done that for you. Joyce has done that for you. And we won't tell you anything that we're not sure is true. So that's why I bring people like Joyce to you each week so that you can find more people who have done this work, done a lot of the hard work. If you do the work, what it's take, what has taken us a lifetime to do is going to take you a couple of years at most, and you'll get to where we are. This is not hard. This is not even rocket science. It just requires that you open your heart to God. And if, if you let God in your life, he will transform everything. Right. So, what, what is your website? My website is www.holistic with an H healingconsulting.com. Okay, we're going to put that um, in the description so that if you if you okay. didn't get it, if people were driving, don't drive off the road because we will we'll put, <laughs> we will put it um, in right in the description. And do you consult with people who are at a distance? Yes, I do a lot of my counseling online. That's the way I can, you know, work with people anywhere in the country that want to work with me. So most of it is done online, unless they live locally where I am, then I can see them in person. You live in the Middle West, right? I am in Illinois right now, yes. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's funny about Joyce is that she's really lived uh, – you've lived in a number of places in the time I've known you, and, and uh, I'm sure you've been shedding light wherever you've been. The, the, <laughs> this is – no, it, it's fun. It's fun to help people. I mean I hear from people almost every day who are going through these struggles, and what I, what I love is telling them, you know, I wish I could just magically help you know what I know, but I'm going to do it, make it happen as quickly as possible. A lot of raising your spiritual vibration really is mechanical but you've got to trust that process and the kinds of things that Joyce will help you do the kinds of things I'll help you do make it easier but you don't have to meditate chant do yoga get a guru you don't have to do anything hard which is what we used to think you had to do Jesus makes it very very easy 
So what, what would you tell people sort of in closing? We're coming to the end of our time. I would just encourage everybody, wherever you are in your life journey, take the time to make a decision to grow spiritually, to trust God, trust the universe, to realize how much God loves you, how special you are, that he has not left you here alone, that he's right here beside you, that you are surrounded by an entourage of spiritual beings that love you and want to guide you and help you through life, and that it's not as difficult as you think. The hardest step is the first step is just to commit yourself to the spiritual journey, and then to find some other people that you can align yourself with to help you, to encourage you, to guide you on your path. Because it's, you don't have to do it by yourself. There's myself, there's other people like me, there's books, there's organizations, there's groups, there's all kinds of uh, ways in which you can connect with people to be able to help you grow on your spiritual journey. But always let go of fear and uh, fill yourself with love. Love is the highest and the best way to live your life. So don't be afraid to replace all the fear with love. Yeah, I, I, it's it's actually so I think, the, frankly, between you and me, the best part of doing this work is being able to get past the fear. Um, I remember yeah. being terribly fear, afraid of, you know, just about everything. I was afraid of death once. But when yep. you get past when you really understand the truth and you get past the fear, it makes you it's like you're, you're a, a balloon that a child has released and you fly into the sky. It's the most amazing feeling. And I want everybody to have that feeling because it's not that hard. It just requires no. you to commit, commit to the process. And the process isn't that hard. So this no. is all positive and it's all wonderful. Well, Joyce, it has been so much fun to have you with us today. Thank you so much for being here. And, oh, you're uh, welcome. I've enjoyed sharing all this with your listeners. So, uh, everyone, as you know, this has been Secretality with Roberta Grimes. I am thrilled that you could be with us today. I love doing this with you. Please never forget what we've just said. You are a powerful, eternal being. You are. You never began. You never will end. You are eternal. When you really get what that means, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest for the fourth time will be grief therapist and counselor, Dr. Rochelle Wright. Rochelle specializes in a process called repair and reattachment grief therapy that she's pioneered with help from our wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. I think Craig has been with us like 25 times in the past six years because he's sort of an expert on everything. And uh, it's his driving dream to be able to make it possible for everybody to have easy ways to contact the dead because once everybody understands that their dead loved ones are alive, 100% certain about that, you understand you're going to live fine, just fine too after you lose your body. And that's a wonderful thing. Now, what Rochelle does is really extraordinary. Um, she's teaching her technique to other therapists. And from what I've seen, the results are extraordinary. People who had been overwhelmed by grief, they said their grief level was 10 plus plus have told me that Rochelle's program reduced their grief to maybe a two in just a few hours. And she claims a 98% success rate. Now, based on the people I've talked with who have been through her process, I totally believe that. Anyone who commits to this process will end up, I'm confident, with that result, which is boggling. But the, in order to understand how this works, you have to keep, keep in mind the fact that there's one body and in fact, nothing is as we think it is. There is nothing is solid. There is no world out there. And essentially, everything is happening in mind. And so basically, it's an easy process then if you do the right things. And that's what Rochelle's program has worked out. It's an easy process for you to meet with your dead loved ones again in mind. Solid people, hugging, kissing, talking about what needs to be healed between them and healing it. It's the most, really, in the beginning when I first saw this happening, I was boggled. But I've come to understand and I've heard enough success stories that all of this is true. We last spoke with Rochelle a year ago, and I really can't wait to hear what she's up to now. And please, therefore, join us next week. This week, we've been talking with Joyce Stewart. She's been with us on Seek Reality 
for the seventh time, which is pretty, I don't think anyone else other than Craig has been so many times with us because she's been an expert on, on a number of things I wanted you to know more about. Her path has been pretty much similar to mine in that she was a lifelong Christian, very devout, and felt called by Jesus out of Christianity and invited to begin a closer walk with him. And since then, she's learned so much about spirituality and spiritual development that she's become a teacher and a holistic healer who has helped a great many people. The fact that we enter these bodies in order to grow spiritually, that's why we're here, is a very recent realization for humankind. It shouldn't be that way, but it wasn't until the dead confirmed it that we understood that's what Jesus was talking about. Joyce is one of those, the leaders, who are helping people now to freshly rethink and better understand the whole process of spiritual growth. But what she's doing now will, will before long, I think, be something many counselors are doing because it's really the only way that you can materially improve your life. I don't care who you are or what else you might do, but growing spiritually is the most important thing you'll ever do in this lifetime. And there are many ways to do it. I'm sure one of the possible ways will work with you and fit with your life and make you happy. I hope you'll soon decide to enter this joyful, joyful process for yourself. And, you know, let's all together work to make this our last necessary earth lifetimes. As you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together. And in the fall will come The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. My editor tells me that this is the best one I've ever done. So I'm excited to be able to bring it to you. For children, we have the fun of meeting Jesus, beautifully illustrated book. I didn't do the illustration, so I can say that. And soon we'll have the fun of growing with Jesus. You can order all these books through bookstores on Amazon. And, of course, the adult books are available as audiobooks too. If you want to talk about any of my books or talk about really anything at all, if you have questions, if you want to say, for heaven's sake, I don't like what you're talking about, whatever you want to say, you can always contact me through the contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email. It can take a few days sometimes. I get quite, quite a few of them. But I love hearing from you, and I love being able to help you if you need my help. Just make sure you give me your correct email address, of course. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, Real Revolution Radio, iTunes, iHeart, and a number of other stations, including the Dream Vision 7 radio family. And many people tell me they just got the free Seek Reality app in the iTunes store, and then that's how they listen each week. Wherever you listen, thank you for being here. You honor me. Really, you honor me with your presence here. Meanwhile... This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing always that you are a powerful, eternal being. And the most important thing I can tell you is that you, most of all in the entire universe, you in particular, are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.